Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, so hello and welcome back to the Beer Ladies podcast. I am today's host, Katie. Um, in this episode, I am joined by Erica, and we have two very special guests this week. We have Shane and we have Leah. And our topic this week, we are going to talk all about beer festivals. Um, in season one, we spoke about what we just had a chat about beer festivals, what we like, what we don't like. Well, this year, we have got two people who are actually organizing beer festivals uh, that can give us a little bit of insight into what goes on. So uh, before we go to our hosts, go to our guests, I'm going to say, if you could please follow us on YouTube, we are YouTube forward slash Beer Ladies Podcast. Um, and also we are on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We are at Beer Ladies Podcast, apart from Twitter, which is Beer Ladies Pod, because there's a limit on the number of letters. So follow us, subscribe, share, tell all your friends, because uh, it really does help. Oh, and you can buy us a coffee. This is a new thing this year. Um, at buy a coffee. It's on our, it's, it'll be linked on, on our Twitter. Okay, because I don't know all the details. Okay, so we're going to start by saying, what are you drinking? So, Erica? You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I brought this home from work. Um, it's a Whiplash Foam Machine IPA, and it's 6.2% ABV. And it's one of my favorite um, pieces of can art. It's a person that has some uh, pink and blue on their face and a sort of hood. So I'm showing the camera. That's kind of a little bit creepy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know Shane, Shane didn't get the beer in for this episode, so we'll, we'll pass him by. How about you, Leah? What are you drinking? Uh, fully enough, also Whiplash. Um, so I'm drinking Immolator. It's one from our Lager series. Uh, it's a smoked Doppelbock. It's a little hefty at uh, 8.6 for a Monday, but um, it's a very kind of soft, uh, smoky flavor. It's delicious. One of my favorite ones that oh. Dan has done recently. Very nice. I am drinking, I'm just back from Edinburgh. I'm drinking a Stewart's Brewing uh, Belgian IPA called First World Problems. <laughs> I know when you look in the world, these really are first world problems. How do you organize a beer festival, you know? Um, but uh, I haven't tasted it yet. Oh, it's very nice. It's very nice. And I can highly recommend um, Edinburgh as a destination, by the way. Uh, so let's go straight in. And Shane, do you want to introduce yourself to our to our listeners? Sure, I'm uh, Shane Long. I'm the founder of the Franciscan Well Brewery, uh, which was one of the original craft breweries in Ireland going back to 1998. Oh my God! It's like before the, craft beer the, was I, even I, a thing. The I'm first generation. The term, the term wasn't even there. Yeah, so I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're only as old as, as I don't know, the person you feel, isn't that? That's my bus driver. <laughs> on the bus, I used to get to secondary school, used to tell us. Well, anyway. And have you always been based there in Cork City then? 
Uh, I came back from London to open that show. Yeah. I didn't know anything about craft beer. As I said, the term wasn't there back then. Uh, <laughs> we didn't, I, unlike the brewers of today, we didn't open it with, with an amazing love of brewing the fantastic beer. It was, we put in a microbrewery there to get footfall to the area that didn't have any footfall. So I'm a bar owner by trade. Um, okay. Beer production and, and love for beer came afterwards. So when you were in London, did you run a bar in London also? Yes. Uh, well, I, I was running an Irish club, stereotypical Irish person leaving Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, ran a, I ran a club in a, in a fairly uh, colourful area for, for a long time. It was, uh, it was an experience. <laughs> and where you are, um, your site now, like, does that have uh, ties with a friary or uh, like brothers or monks or yeah um that that was it, it was a, a friary going back to the, the 12th century um when i came back in in 97 to look at the site there was a beautiful quaint old pub there uh, which i wanted to keep but the engineers said it was falling down so we had to start again um and when we when we took it down the archaeological society came along with a 70 page document to say you can't build foundations here because there's a there's a friary um the beer garden is uh is the burial ground for the monks and the chieftain um who funded the the, the building of the, the original friary and the well is still there which had miraculous mm. curing properties for the eyes that people came from far and wide and the monks rubbed their eyes and charged them an exorbitant amount of money <laughs> sent them on their way and said they were cured <laughs> so that's and, where the name and do you still use that well water or has it is it long dry or no it's there but it's contaminated so oh okay can't, can't be used. it's <laughs> it's from all the construction that has gone on since the 12th century that was the outer limit of the city back then mm. uh, obviously the city is much bigger now and, mm -hmm. yeah there you go and um what festival are you promoting what festival am I promoting? Well, we've been doing them for the last 23 years, again, before anybody else was doing them. Uh, we started off doing uh, a Belgian festival. So that was done on the October weekend, which traditionally was sponsored by Guinness, not my festival, but the whole city. was. Uh, so we were very quiet. So we decided we'd do something really different. Um, so we imported beer, beer that had never been in Ireland at the time. Um, there was a huge education piece back then because Irish people were like oh, I'm having a pint you can't have a pint if it's Larry and Tremens it's going to kill you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not you're used to drinking four percent beer so that weekend I had to close the bar at 10 30 uh, because people wouldn't listen uh, and drank pints of delirium Tremens. so yeah, <laughs> uh, that didn't that one that, that one didn't work out too well uh, but we evolved then there wasn't many Irish breweries at the time there was 11 of us um, only three of us are still around um, and the quality wouldn't have been, even ourselves, the quality wouldn't have been anything like it is now. Um, we, were, we were just finding our way. There wasn't any, there wasn't any master brewer besides the, the, the big players. Um, there was home brewers, basically. We, we had a guy in from the States who was very good. Um, but by and large, it was, it was, it, it was home brewers. Um, not taking away from it. Um, there are some fantastic home brewers who have made it into the commercial entity now. Uh, but back then, there wasn't really anything to benchmark yourself on. Um, so we started doing an Irish festival in 2000. So it was Belgian up until then. And then in 2000, we did the first Irish one. There was, a, there was kind of a resurgence in, in, in beer then in Ireland then. Um, and then out of that, we got, we talked to the, talked to the people that were coming and we, we saw there was a niche then for doing cask. Um, there was only ourselves and one other bar in Ireland in Southern Ireland doing cask at the time there was a lot of people talking about it but a regular bar wouldn't take it in because obviously the shelf life is only three days so we contacted a lot of um, a lot of the breweries and they they did one-offs for us so we started calling it the cask festival and then it went from that to the cask and strange brew fest because some people did uh, they weren't into doing cask but they didn't understand it or didn't want to do it so that was a really cool one that was done on, on Valentine's weekend. Up to three festivals then for a year in house. Then we did um, the Female Festival because there was a lot of women started getting involved in, in, in brewing. Strangely enough, there was nobody before in the early 2000s. No 
female was getting involved in it. Um, and that changed things a bit. The first woman I encountered was uh, Grania from Metalman. She poured her first commercial beer in the well, which we're really proud of, along with many other breweries around the country. Uh, so we've done two female festivals before COVID hit. And back in 2017, the, um, the city council approached us and asked us to, to, um, to put on a much larger festival, which suited us at the time it did suit us because we had outgrown, we were, I don't know if anybody's been to the bar from the panel there, but um, it, I mean, it's, it's not that big, but we would have in excess of, of 7,000 people come through the door over the weekend of a festival. So a lot of people. Um, so that's a lot of people for any bar, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> regardless yeah. of how small or big you are, yeah, yeah. So, we'd have, um, I mean, the, the your guys would organize, it was organized at the time, would organize a coming down on a Saturday afternoon, and so it was busy all day and all night. Um, so with the city council then on board, they said, you know, can you do something that will rival Copenhagen? Like, that's a bit ambitious but okay let's let's give it a, let's give it a go so we did that for two years and then like, COVID hit then and it mm-hmm. was just, uh, the, the the amount of work and effort that's involved when it's in-house it's fine I admire what you're doing at Fidelity um if I was <laughs> if I was 20 years younger I'd be doing the same thing but I'm not <laughs> so um I've been asked to do it again in, in Cork the bigger one um, but because we're limiting it, we've always kind of limited those ones to, to Irish. It's a, it's a bit more difficult. There's, there's more, the, the stats tell us that there's more craft beer consumed per head in court than there is anywhere else in the country, but we still don't have the volume. We still don't have the amount of people. Uh, so we had to substitute that festival with music. Um, we ended up selling it out. It was a great thing, but it was kind of took away from the craft beer side of things. So we fill it for the music side. And then you're wondering, right, are people really happy about the beer side of things? Like the brewers are happy because they saw loads of beer. But you know, I remember one of the bands on a tourist night was a sellout, but I'm looking at it from the outside in that people just didn't move the bar that they were next to. So <laughs> it was, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. So yeah. we're, even after 23 years, we're still finding our feet. I mean, I love the things like, like Fidelity are, are doing. That's amazing. Um, it's brilliant to bring in some of the best brewers from around the world. Uh, I suppose ours was just, it was always a bit different. It was, I, I knew how hard it was, not bigging myself up, but I always knew how hard it was to try and make a few bob in Ireland. Um, mm. And really difficult for some of the people to showcase their products and their wares. So it was, it was an easy one. And a lot of the, a lot of the festivals back then were, they were char- double charging people. So they charge them a percentage of turnover to turn up and they charge them a fee as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they need to make some money. So yeah. we, we, we didn't charge them a fee. It was just a percentage. So if they were busy, they made money. If they weren't busy, then that was my fault for not filling the venue. Yeah. So the, the one that we're promoting, sorry, long way to ask you to. <laughs> Uh, the one we're, we're, we're back on the Easter Bear Festival, which is not on this Easter. <laughs> there's, there's several reasons for it. Uh, obviously, the bar was just back open properly. Um, and I didn't want to inflict a manic weekend on the staff just after after reopening. And the second reason is I'm, I'm, I'm back in, or will be back in business myself as an independent brewer once again, which I never thought I would be. Um, and hey. the beer... Yeah, the beer won't be ready for that until the end of May. So mm. it is the the Easter fest, but not Easter. <laughs> it's just it's just Irish breweries, um, as it as it always has been for for the Easter yeah. fest. So it's so, Easter <laughs> fest in name, but Irish in nature. Yes, and in May as opposed to Easter. And in May, just to confuse everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and is it the May Bank holiday or the end of May? It's the end of May. End of May. Yeah. And when we have, uh, we will have details of these and we will obviously retweet mm-hmm. them out. So our followers will, will find out um, where they have to be and when. So we will now move on to Leah. Did I say, am I pronouncing that right? Is it Leah or Leah? Leah. Leah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to mispronounce your name. The lifetime has been called Leah. So. <laughs> 
Uh, Tell us about yourself, where are you from, where have you worked, what's your history, and then talk a little bit about your beer festival. Sure. Uh, so I'm Leah. I, I work with Whiplash, um, currently in marketing, which kind of touches on a lot of different things. Um, includes trade marketing, a little bit of sales as well. I also run our so- social media. Um, this is the, the third drinks brand I've worked with. Um, I s- actually started off in PR and I agency I went to I wanted to work there because they were really good at fashion and then when I got there they were they had some really great drinks brands um and then I started working on that and I was like oh this is definitely where I want to be instead <laughs> um so I've stayed there ever since um so I worked with whiskey and gin and some other beer and then eventually found my way back to Whiplash I've been drinking the beer since it came out anyway so it was really nice to get involved um it was actually the Easter festival that was Whiplash's first ever pouring event. So um, <laughs> very exciting time for the guys. It was, they were a team of two then, so now we're a team of 12. So uh, it's been great that we can still look back recently and remember that. And we've just changed so much since then. So really nice. Um, so we're working with the Big Romance uh, Bar in Dublin on our second edition of our beer festival, Fidelity, which is happening on the 15th and 16th of July this year. Um, it happened once in 2019 and then we were all geared up to go again and then again and unfortunately both didn't happen uh, so we're definitely ready for it this time um, the planning has started we've been just there's so much happening so uh, we're kind of getting into gear now for our festival so it's been it's been busy and it's going to get busier <laughs> oh yeah and um, so Shane was saying that uh, the Easter festival is mainly Irish. So what type of breweries are you going to have there, Leah? Yeah, so we've got a great mix. Um, the majority of our breweries will be coming from outside Ireland and as far as Canada and the US, plenty from Ireland as well. Uh, we've got Dot and Mescan and Land and Labour. Everyone is doing something really interesting. Um, coming from far, we have Other Half, Finback, Jackie O's. I think Jackie O's, the first time they ever poured in Ireland was Fidelity, and this will be the second time they've ever poured in Ireland. So uh, they're coming back, which is really nice. Um, they had a blue, blueberry sour last time, which was one of the hits of the festival. So I think mm. everyone's looking forward to them coming back. Um, we like we tried to make it quite a mix. Like there's breweries there that specialize in wild beer. There's breweries that specialize in barrel aged beer. Obviously, we'll have some wall to wall hoppy hazy bombs as well. So we're trying to. We've actually got wine and coffee and cider as well. Um, so there'll be a little bit something for everybody. Okay, yeah, that's really good that there's a little bit, a little bit for everyone because it's always it's good to try. And I suppose, like obviously, alcohol is over 18s in, in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh you have to cater for that market. But certain beer festivals like will do a family friendly thing, like something like mm-hmm. the Oktoberfest. I think their Tuesdays are family days. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Um, and there are certain areas reserved for families and they sure they have the roller coasters and all the, yeah, all, all yeah. the, it's like, it's a big deal. Yeah. So if you end up bringing a kid there, so how do you, how do you decide if, we're, if it's just going to be over 18s or if it's going to be, we'll say a family friendly or inclusive to, to different types of people? Yeah, uh, for us, uh, it's definitely over 18s. I wouldn't say it's particularly family friendly. Um, like part of what you put into, I think, a family friendly festival would be like things like maybe additional seating or you might have an area for kids like that. We don't have anything like that. Um, our festival also starts at 6 p.m. It's definitely an evening event. Uh, so it, uh, you'd, you'd have many kids anyway <laughs> up late, late enough for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been a consideration for the festival. Um, so yeah. it's definitely a adults only affair and there'll be mm-hmm. some plenty of beer to be tasting as well so yeah I think if a festival is just like one day or one afternoon sometimes it's not it's not really worth it Mm -hmm. you know trying to put an investment but if it is something like it's a destination maybe Mm -hmm. yeah festival and what about uh you Shane now your um venue normally like families or kids could come in because there would be food available or um how does that work there like do you have someone at the door checking ids or no it's it because we've been around for so long it's it's very much family during the day because obviously mm-hmm. there's people have been drinking with us for the last 23 years and you're not gonna you're not gonna turn them away a, on a saturday just because there's a festival on mm-hmm. uh, 
but there seems to be an af- a natural drift out of people after 6 30 7 p.m and and it gets more lively yeah. and will the pizza be available um during the fest or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, and when we did the one in the city hall we got a street food vendor as far as so because oh, okay. obviously bigger events yeah and if i remember correctly the um outdoors is covered and heated so i suppose if it's raining um it wouldn't really matter yeah we just uh, invested in a, a proper gas heating system just before COVID. actually so mm-hmm. it'll be even better if it's cold. <laughs> very good so you have your own venue shane so that kind of answers your question about if you're going to have a festival have it in your venue unless someone contacts you and you have it in city hall but for for leah um, how would, did you decide on your venue or, or what factors did you consider? Uh, size is definitely a thing. Um, so we're uh, having it in the mansion house in Dublin, uh, the round room. If anyone's been in it, it's a very big round room. Um, but it's somewhere that has the space, but it's also accessible. It's beside the Lewis buses. If you live near town, you could definitely walk there. Um, we wanted it to be like a city centre venue um, for that reason. Um it's, it's got a cool kind of like it, it is a conference center, if you will, but it's, it's definitely got a cool vibe. Like, obviously, it's quite a, like it's got the big dome and everything has a nice little outdoor as well. We got very lucky with the weather last time that was actually was a gorgeous day, but it did mean that we were safe if there was any um, weather related issues. We would be able to house people comfortably inside. Very good. And okay, so I'm going to move on to pricing structure and both of your pricing structures are very different from each other. Do you want to start on this one, Leah? Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. How you decided. So you <laughs> are, you pay up front and that's it. Yeah, pay once in the door. Um, so it's including fees, 69, 61. Um, so for that though, you're covered for the day. Um, I suppose coming from... The team that had uh, been to so many festivals as customers and worked at so many, um, you know, they they liked the idea of not having to handle cash, especially, but um, to a level, things like that. Um, I suppose it does kind of put us in the place of it is definitely for beer lovers. You're probably not going to spend that kind of money unless you know you're definitely going to be drinking some, some beer. Um, it, it kind of it makes it simple as well you know you just rock up you have your ticket you get your glass on the way in um and then you're kind of free to go for the rest of the day that's it mm-hmm. um and it's something that again just yeah based on having been to so many festivals it was how can we make this like as nice an experience not just for our customers but for the brewers as well um to actually have like a really nice festival experience and not necessarily be um worrying about collecting the cash at the end of the day <laughs> and that's through um an app on your phone, right? So you have Eventbrite and that would have like a QR code or? Yeah, so your ticket would be just on your phone and we'll just scan it on the way in. You'll get a wristband so you can come in and out uh, if you wish. And um, yeah, and after that, you're pretty much free to roam. And for the Easter Beer Festival, Shane, is that going to be tokens or cash or a bit of both or? It'll be tokens. Yeah. Tokens. Yeah. Okay. Tokens. Yeah, we and the we looked at Fidelity's model or a model like Fidelity's for the city hall, and uh, the local uh, the local police force were like, "You're not doing that." <laughs> not doing. You'll get people doing the mantra on it, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to hear that you know that it, that it works in a different area of the country. Yeah. Like, we're going to let us do it in Cork. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I've 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 heard like comments from friends been like oh it's like six six nine euro um I I could drink that that much beer I was like no 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 that that's not the point <laughs> there's other value than just what comes in your glass you know uh, the type yeah. of beer and the brewers you have and stuff like that is is definitely built into that <laughs> oh but I can definitely see some people out there going right we have to drink this amount of beer now to make it worth our while and you're like no. <laughs> so you can just go and have a little taste and if you don't like it you're not you don't feel compelled yeah. to have to yeah. drink it you know <laughs> and oh. do you guys have glasses then at franciscan well for the easter festival or how do people sample or or buy their beer 
Yeah, well, I mean, because it's a bar, we have we have uh, we have special festival glasses in the city hall, but for okay. Easter, it's just regular pint and a half pint glasses. Yeah. Oh, okay. And do you sell merch or um, any kind of like T-shirts or things like we that? Did, or? Yeah, we did have for the for the larger one. We did. Um, it's just it's too busy for the Easter mm. festival, but it's just manic. So mm. it's. Just points. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's good too. <laughs> you know? How about Fidelity? Is there going to be merch at Fidelity? No merch to speak of yet, but you never know. <laughs> um, our glasses will be branded and you can oh, yeah. take it with you um, at the end of the day, if you wish, and you hang on to it. <laughs> oh, I think everybody loves coming home from a beer festival with their special glasses. And unfortunately, I always get very ambitious towards the end of the night. And I end up with a pocket full of tokens because I'm a lightweight, you know. <laughs> I was like, why did I, why did I transfer? Uh, cash why did I change all my cash for these tokens and then it's just like my eyes are far bigger than my belly sometimes <laughs> and how about um like music or entertainment like how, how would that factor into your planning of the events me yeah okay. you go, yeah. go. <laughs> um so we'll have DJs on throughout the day um playing all sorts of music. Uh, we had some special guests last year. We had one of the uh, staff members from Garage Beer got up and did a vinyl set. He brought his records all the way from Spain, which was really cool. Um, oh, wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. Um, so we'll just have people on throughout the day. Um, anyone that's listening, that was at the last event. Remember, the last half hour just turned into like a really fun dance party. So we're hoping to recreate that again. And obviously the collab there with um, the Big Romance has has great music. Absolutely. On, you know? absolutely so, yeah. Home to some of the best music in Dublin. So we're looking forward to seeing what they bring. Good plug there. Good plug there. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane, are you going to go big on the music for the Easter Fest or, or what yeah, way are you going to go? Over the years, we, we stopped doing it during the day because the real beer lovers were in during the day and they wanted to talk to the brewers. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just a waste of time. Uh, sure. But then it's more high intensity than in the evening, so we'd have music in the evening e each night. Yeah. So is that something that um, myself or other beer lovers would have time to be able to speak to the brewers there? Like that's well yeah, yeah. That, that that came about through feedback from both customer and brewer. Okay. Uh, you also tend that the brewers tend to enjoy a few pints later on in the evening, so they're better off talking to you during the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one thing I found that other festivals I've been to, um, particularly in, in Ireland, that having like really loud bands on in the afternoon, I would tend to go in the afternoons as, as well. Like I'd stay till the evening, but yeah, that kind of chance to maybe chat, chat to people or even just, you know, you end up chatting out a song with someone and you find out you have something in common with that. But, yeah, just having that really loud music or there's like rugby matches and stuff on. I've been at some that have been on the background and it just totally changed the vibe of the event, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I think it's nice to have um, someone from the breweries there because um, I have been to some where maybe it's a volunteer that's pouring beer and they don't really know much about the brewery or about the beer. So having that personal connection makes it all the more fun. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, Leah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. We insist on it uh, because basically is at a premium. Uh, we'd have a waiting list for people who want to attend. It's, it's plain and simple. If the owner or stroke brewer isn't there, then mm -hmm. you're not invited back next year. I like it. Harsh, <laughs> harsh, but fair. I think. Harsh, but fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Did you want to say something on that as well, Leah? No, I was just um, agreeing with Erica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose as a as a woman going to a beer festival, I always like that there are there's lots of accessible water would be mm -hmm. one thing. Yeah. Uh, like water. I always I bring an empty bottle with me or. Uh, well, it's full when I leave home, but it doesn't stay for <laughs> long. You know, I have to keep refilling it. Yeah. Um, but are you doing any other things to make the festivals kind of as, as safe as possible for all your patrons or? Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
I think anyone who's involved in the industry will know that there was like quite a lot of challenges in the last year that um, kind of came to light in quite large breweries and large events. So um, something that we wanted to do anyway, but it felt more uh, pressing this year. So um, water is available all the time anyway, and I'm sure it's the exact same for Shane as well. It makes no sense to have people just sinking beer all day. Um, but equally, we'll be running an Ask for Ashling um, campaign, and that'll be postered throughout the venue in male and female toilets. Um, we'll have Safeway Home posters as well, so details of your where to find the Lewis timetable or bus timetable or get a taxi. Um, we'll also have a number of safety stewards on site as well, uh, the head of which will be completely independent, someone that we don't know who was hired for this specific role. So if someone does need to ask for Ashling, that... Um, a volunteer or a steward would be able to take that person to this perfectly qualified person who's not connected to any of the breweries um, and take them to a safe space and then find out what they need, whether maybe they just need a moment alone or they need some water or they would like to leave. Hopefully, like, we don't anticipate anything like this happening, but if it does, we're completely ready for oh, it. I just think based on based on what has been happening over the, the past few years, and I, I think that's a really, really great, great step to take. And the Ash for Ashling, I, I'm familiar with the Ash for Ask for Angela campaign. Is that the kind of the Irish equivalent of Ask for Angela? Or Yeah, we kind of wanted to make it a bit more local. And yeah. uh, we were kind of saying like between the group, like the whole team, like, did we actually know anyone called Angela? It's like, no, it would really stick out if someone's asked for Angela mm -hmm. because I don't know any, but I would know an Ashling, you know, so okay. it wouldn't be too crazy if someone come up to me and said, do you know where Ashling is? Yeah. It's more reasonable to be like, oh yeah, yeah, she's over here. Um, so yeah, like it's something that was important to us. And actually the feedback we got from some large breweries, particularly in the UK, was that their kind of senior leadership team was requiring such a statement from any festival that any team member was going to for the safety of the people traveling and the safety of their um, customers as well so and we were really delighted to actually say we, we have that ready to go for you um, and it was it was a hard piece of work and you know we spent a lot of time on it uh, but we got there in the end uh, myself Alex and Alan and Dave worked on it together and then we shared it with our entire team and we read it out and everyone uh, agreed it was the way to go we sent it to all the brewers we asked for feedback and no one came back with any which was really nice to see so um, yeah as I said we're not anticipating anything happening that we'd need to invoke but if something happens it, it's not um it's we're not just doing it to say that we've done it like there's a very specific protocol in place uh if if someone just needs a bit of help and they can't find uh, we also have a meeting point on site as well that's not in the main area so even if you just lose your mate yeah you just come out of the room you can know you'll find them under the big meeting point site you'll just find them mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a really nice initiative i think that's a really yeah. good initiative and and i i would love to see it being followed by by beer festivals all over the world i was in um crew brewing in limerick for patty's day and uh they are a brew pub and i was in the bathroom and i happened to notice this one page that was printed out and posted on the wall and it was their um safety statement with ask for angela and I took the time to read it and really appreciated it. And I think it's definitely gonna catch on and people will know about it and use it. Yeah, I think it's something that it doesn't work unless we all know about it. So it, we can't just put up the poster, like we had to make sure that our brewers know about it. Any volunteers we have, we'll have um, a briefing for all of them on the day of the event. And we wouldn't expect anyone untrained to take a position of, they, they'll, they'll be, notify if someone comes to you and says i have an issue you will bring them to someone who's qualified yeah. we wouldn't be expecting a volunteer or someone or a brewer or someone to step into that role uh, but it only works if everybody knows about it and everyone yeah. knows the protocol and, and they'll know how to channel them to a safe place and, yeah. and everything like yeah. that and that's i was like what else can you do that's, that's yeah. a really good thing yeah. and i suppose on the same topic it's like what about food we don't have any food. <laughs> um, it's not something that's part of the festival uh, this time around or last time around. Um, but as I said, the event starts at six both days, so Friday and Saturday. So um, plenty of time to make sure that you're well fed before okay. you walk so the door. I need to get a good feed into me before Please I head do. to Fidelity. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you'll have um, wristbands as well if you need to pop out. As I said, like we're literally in the middle of town. So if you did need to pop out for something, you wouldn't be far. 
And Shane, Erica has already mentioned your pizzas. Are they good, Erica? They're amazing. They're like, amazing. They're, they're, they're worth getting on the air coach for three hours for. <laughs> okay, that is some praise. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're lucky. He's uh, yeah, an amazing guy. He's been constantly ranked as the top pizza in Cork. Yeah. Wow. And do you have other food besides pizza? Or is pizza like your main go-to with maybe one or two other sides? Or? Just, just pizza in the in the bar. Yeah. In the in the bigger one, we had we had street food vendors, uh, street food vendors. And I think street food vendors for an offside place is 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 quite handy because there's not very there's no outlay or anything. You just say, "Can you please agree to be mm. here on a certain time yeah, of day?" Yeah. And you know, so 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 easy. Yeah. Would you guys always know which beer styles your guests are are bringing to their booth? Yeah, go on, Shane. Yeah, we 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 put out a list so that there isn't too much of a crossover. Oh, okay. um, at the end of the day, we want everybody to make money at this. Um, all right, it's a, it's a bit of marketing exposure for people, but still. For somebody to come out of their brewery for two two nights or three, really, because you got the setup and takedown, mm. uh, it's a big ask. Um, so they really need to make money. And, and if everybody's coming up with an IPA, then yeah, mm. they're going to dilute the the amount of sales volume they're going to make. Yeah, and not everybody likes IPA, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's ranking in Ireland ten years ago. Nobody even knew what it was. <laughs> exactly though you know and then all of a sudden it's like how how happy can we get <laughs> how many ibu can we get into this beer whoa <laughs> but yeah i think it's i think it's uh like uh sours have come on in leaps and bounds mm. in the last few years i think as a style mm -hmm. yeah there's still, there's still more people talking about that though than consuming it <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember we we opened a bar and uh we opened a bar in galway and the, the guys they've got couple of bars I'm, like, I'm after selling out of it but they've, they've got a bar up here in Dublin called Canova it's really popular yeah. Uh, yeah. the one in Galway won best craft beer bar the first year that they were open and they did loads of beer taps inside there and oh this is going absolutely amazing and I'm looking at the figures and saying I know it's selling it was not selling all right loads of exposure from this, <laughs> this uh, whatever sour but you sold half a keg you know? it goes back yeah. to actually uh, Leah will know this going back to the Caspates thing when we first brought out a beer with them um, it was my, I'm not a social media person, as you can tell from my age, but uh, it was uh, my first realization that, you know, not everything you see out there is true because there was like more people had said they consumed this and thought it was amazing than they could ever have consumed it because it wasn't that many bottles. Wouldn't have happened, you know. Well, and I think, yeah, sours are so tricky because you do have to be careful about the space and any cross contamination and. Um, like anything, it could be a fad or a fashion, you know, that might change next year. Um, but I did want to ask both of you, um, with the setup and takedown, like, do, do people usually send their, their kegs and lines and things ahead of time? Or like how much of that is, um, boots on the ground? <laughs> uh, I, I, I can answer that one because yeah. years of frustration, uh, <laughs> So we tried all different types of models. Um, originally, we'd supply a bar counter and people would rock up with all their stuff. But we were finding guys were rolling their kegs up while the bar was full and setting up. So I just got totally fed up with it. So now we pay for everything. All they have to do, along with their, their lenses and their tapping heads. The gas is lined up, the cooler is lined up. It was a big expense, but it saved so much time um, so much disruption. Mm -hmm. Now you'll still get people rock up, running their kegs up um, when the place is open, but everything else is set up so it's not as much of a, an inconvenience. And what we did find after one year of it, brewers were turning up on time because mm -hmm. everybody else was set up and selling beer. Um, I'll tell you one funny story about going back to uh, many years ago. There was a guy, he's, he's, he was working for somebody. Um, and now he's, he's a really, really good, talented brewer. He's got his own business. And he used to have it as a jolly and come down and really enjoy himself and have great crack. And the year he became self-employed, 
He was like, my good God, I just paid for my family holiday. I said, you could have been doing that for the last five years <laughs> <laughs> if you were sober. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing how, things, how people change and how things yeah. change. That's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, for us, like most of our beer is coming from overseas, so um, there's a lot of logistics, and I think uh, most people would know at this point there's a lot more, we shall we say, shipping and customs challenges uh, yeah. than there were the last time, so I'm kind of expecting the beers from the UK to be more of a hassle than the ones from the US and Canada yeah. this year, unfortunately. Um, and yeah. given the lead time, like we, we'll expect to start shipping some of those, not relatively soon, but you know, we're getting ready for that. And mm -hmm. um, so as much as the international beer, it'll come in advance, we'll get that uh, to the venue and then some of the local uh, brands will be bringing their own. I suppose they're in a bit of a nicer place where they could have something that's like really freshly kegged or something that they might want to bring. Um, similar to Shane though as well, like we just set up everything. It means it's just consistent. We know it all works. Mm -hmm. Get it in at the same time. You can say, okay, for doors at six, everything we ready at half five and there's nothing that can change that because we put everything in ourselves. Um, and it means like, you know, if there's an issue with the keg or something like that, we've got one person to call about that as opposed to someone having an issue with their Linda or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think Shane's on, on the money there. Like it's just in terms of time and just process, just do it once, do sure. it right. And I suppose not all of their staff members would maybe know about how to run the gas or how to clean things. That's me all over. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> Uh, funny enough, never worked in the bar before, so I'm learning a lot uh, when I go to beer festivals now. But and the, would, Leah, um, you have a very specific set of skills, so you don't need to. Know. <laughs> <It's okay>. Yes, <laughs> like Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, would some of those visiting brewers uh, have fringe events like tap takeovers or launches or? Yeah, so we'll have a full. Um, schedule of events uh, the week leading up and um, some brewers will become a little bit earlier than others like the ones from the states and Canada and um, so we haven't uh, announced anything yet but yeah there'll definitely be some mm -hmm. fun events uh, happening mm -hmm. right down and um, yeah uh, like obviously we've got the big romance will be like our home bar for the weekend uh, if, if, if you will so you can expect some uh, some nice things to be, to be pouring there and mm -hmm. um, yeah and in terms of like who's coming like we'll Obviously, Whiplash Brewery will be busy as well. We'll have, like, we've not been able to show our brewery off to anybody, really. Um, over the last two years, we went into commission November 2019. So that was um, poor timing. Uh, <laughs> to be. So we've not really had any visitors or people in to brew with us. Like, we're starting now to have more people in uh, for collabs and stuff. But that week will be a real kickoff for us. That's it. Yeah. So I suppose we're going to have to definitely keep an eye on the whiplash and the big romance social media for absolutely for yeah. all of these, all of these <laughs> foreigners that are coming in, you know, yes, to... we welcome them with open arms. We can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> the brewery will never have been as clean. Oh. So tell me, is there anything that has completely like absolutely addled you that people like myself and Erica have no idea that is going on behind the scenes like what is the biggest head wrecker or head melter for organizing a beer festival uh well very specifically for my role is just content 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 mm. asking 44 breweries for their logo a couple of pictures of their beer just a few lines just so we can you know spread the word and obviously not every brewery and um, has a person designated to do that so I totally understand it's uh can go to the bottom of the pile uh, when you're running a brewery but um that is my current bugbear and I, I did ask um Alex and Al today I was like what's the worst part of running the festival and they both just were like everything like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible idea like it's so and obviously like Shane as well like you're running a separate business as well this is like an, an add-on uh, so yeah it gets busy and how about you Shane is there anything or, or do you just take everything uh, in your stride at this stage? I'd agree with Leah on that. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get the info and, and descriptions so that we can put mm -hmm. that up on social as people are coming in and have news online. Um, other, other than that, no, it's, it's, it's easy enough. We're, we're lucky. It's, it's like we have a waiting list of people. So the, the people who are coming want to be there. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's worth doing. <laughs> yeah. 
definitely definitely well i for one can't wait <laughs> for to start getting back to beer festivals and everything after everything yeah. has been postponed for so long how about you erica yeah like i i feel like we had some warm and sunny weather and that definitely put me in the mood and you know getting my hopes up and then getting disappointed throughout all of our lockdowns um it's nice to have some tickets and um be able to travel again and meet new people and this will be my first time at both of these festivals so it'll be same for me I have never been to either so there we go <laughs> amazing and I, I have my tickets for fidelity but I don't have my tickets for Franciscan well because I couldn't see it on your on your no tickets there's, there's no tickets, tickets. Are you sold out already no it's free to come in you just rock up on the day it's, and it's the only weekend of the year that we, you don't have to have bookings yeah, so okay well there we go that's why i don't have tickets <laughs> that's all that <laughs> i don't know we could get a beer ladies road trip down to cork you know yeah i know there's definitely some interest in that on facebook so we'll see i booked my hotel already so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're well in yeah well, we've got a, a few from our end heading down to Cork that week so we're yeah. very sorry Shane in advance we're very excited everybody is coming from Whiplash yeah we I don't know who's going to mind the brewery yeah we got asked from say that there was a space in the close aisle didn't get back to me and uh, then he rang me after we were full and said uh, I presume we have a space I said I think my breweries have just had the same conversation with me because nobody got back to Kate and told her if they were coming or not. But obviously we're going to look after you because we looked, the, the way we did it was, and we do it every year, who was there the year before has first option on, on the following year. And we the last festival we had was that virtual beer festival during mm. Loft, uh, which you were at. So obviously you will, um, you will get a slot. We can't wait. We're so excited. Marked on the calendar now, the whole weekend blocked out. <laughs> Good. And you poured your first beer on the farm. Well, and it was, we were trying to get a list up of all the people who had over the years. And I just, I was blown away. It was amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's yeah. oh, incredible. Yeah, I think it was Scaldy Porter and Surrender to the Void. So yeah. they went in strong. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's an institution, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's only an institution because of the breweries. And ah, <laughs> come on, Shane. <laughs> they evolved over the years, thankfully. Can I, a lot of our listeners are, are ladies, this being the Beer Ladies podcast. So I'm going to ask Shane, um, are you thinking of doing the female yeah. beer festival again? There's plans yeah. to do that in the future? or? So, um, our marketing manager Kate is just getting her head around everything after being close for the last two years, but that was one that that um, there was a it was a massive success. I mean, she ended up on the front page of Image magazine, which you know probably never had a beer at. And there you go, she was she was front and center promoting beer. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Incredible. I am delighted to hear that, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are delighted to hear that as well. So. Uh... Listen, is there anything else you want to talk about or chat about? Well, I'm going to be very bold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll let Leah go first, okay? Yeah. yeah. This is saying I'm going to be very bold and do a plug. Our Saturday tickets are completely sold out. So if you want a Friday ticket, now is the time. Uh, Fidelity.beer, you'll find them there. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, Shane? Do you want to do a final plug or? That's all good. I'll just see you on the Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon of the festival. Friday or Saturday, end of May in Franciscan Well. Okay. And I have my Saturday tickets for Fidelity. So you're in. Good. I'm good. I'm good. What day are you going, Erica? Uh, probably both days. <laughs> you're working. Oh, you'll be working. Sorry. <laughs> working hard. Yeah, totally. I fo forgot about that. So uh, I'm going to wrap up by saying thank you very much to Shane from Franciscan Well and Leah from Fidelity. We will, of course, um, link them in our show notes, link the, the Whiplash Brewery and Franciscan Well. 
And if we see that when we see the details or any posts on social media about their events, we will, of course, retweet them and reshare them. Um, I just want to say thank you from Shane, Leah, myself, Erica. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. We are youtube.com forward slash Beer Ladies Podcast. We are on Insta as at Beer Ladies Podcast. And we're on Twitter as at, at Beer Ladies Pod. We're also on Facebook. We are wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so like, share, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends to listen to us as well. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs>